Hello, it's me, Benno, coming here for you on a Monday morning. Uh, just a quick note to say, uh, this audio file that you're about to listen to, um, taken from the, the Grapple uh, Patreon weekend show over the weekend, is the uh, is man and JP's uh, first reaction to the punk story um, and all of that, uh, and also uh, a review of Dynamite uh, with next week's, uh, or this week's spotlight uh, coming up now, Being uh, we're going to be doing a big WrestleMania weekend preview, JP's going to be talking uh, his live trip to, uh, to RevPro um, on Sunday night as well, so uh, with that being so packed with all that stuff, we decided to do the uh, the Dynamite review on the, uh, on the patreon weekend show this past weekend and also we had to talk that uh, that punk story so what we've done is uh, put that section of audio up here free on the free feed for you and if you do like what you hear consider subscribing at patreon.com slash grapple where you get the grapple weekend show every weekend and if you can't uh, consider giving us a subscribe on it on youtube cost nothing uh, we can do with the numbers and over there you'll find our time special uh, in video form uh, which is definitely the best way to uh, to listen to that so yeah worth subscribing over there but yeah in the meantime folks enjoy the audio we'll catch you for spotlight late on tuesday night Speaking of new and interesting places to Thank go, you, JT, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't yeah. bury the lead here, mate. Because obviously the uh, the biggest uh, the biggest takeaway and the biggest news story we've uh, we got to talk about today. Um, you know, covered a couple of them on the uh, on the news update yesterday, but if nobody's seen it, like I still can't believe this is real. Matty Edwards' wedding yesterday, JP. <laughs> I got this text on the on the on the morning of it, being like, "You won't believe who we've just bumped into." And he sent me this picture. And like, I even got a text from Joe this morning going, that was a setup, right? It wasn't. That's just Matty's life. Matty went to New York City to get married like in Central Park. Got up in the morning, put his nice suit on. Looks really well. Congratulations to him and, uh, him and Steph. Some great photos of uh, I've seen of them so far. Um, it, was a, it was a Zoom wedding. Um, he forgot mm-hmm. to send me the link, but I'm not going to hold that against him. But uh, I have seen pictures since. I was in work anyway. It would have been fine. But like, they get up in the morning and they walk outside. Baron Corbin is on the streets of New York. Uh, and Matty got a picture with him. Like, just like, <laughs> like of all the people, like Matty's probably the only person who would be made up to see Baron Corbin. That's the other thing about it. He's the most WWE wrestler oh, yeah. you could possibly bump into on the street. What was he even doing in New York? We don't even know that. <laughs> He's just like, it's the greatest thing of all. I can't believe Matty didn't ask him to be his best man. That's the only thing missing from this. It- do you know what it really is isn't it it is the one thing that's missing on that i mean it's incredible i have to say not an isolated story of baron corbin wedding crasher on there as 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 well but i was so made up because you just know about how made up matty would oh. be about that and steph just laughing away <laughs> at just the entire idea of like of course it's baron corbin like really who else is it braun Strowman, oh. isn't it? But he's already seen him. But it's Matty said he was a lovely bloke, which is nice to hear because I've heard that yeah. before about Baron Corbin. Um, but like he, he said, he's saying like he was chatting to him about like apparently Matty was telling him that uh, oh uh, you're really good for the house in a nice way. You're really good for the house shows, you know that, that heat. 
And apparently Corbin was loving it, going, oh yeah, I love getting like the, pro- the proper old school heat type of thing. Two peas <laughs> in a pod, going back and forth. Like apparently wished Matty well, wished him, you know, told him to have a, have a great day, obviously, uh, knowing it was the weather that just like <laughs> run into Barrett Corbin. And like you say, it's not isolated because like that, this is ridiculous. And I did tweet, this could only happen to Matty Edwards. Apparently it also happened to Alan Farrell on the morning of him yeah. and uh, Sarah Farrell's when they also bumped into Baron Corbin. So, like, book them for your Kristen, JP? Book them for, book them for bar um, mitzvahs? Book them for whatever you want? Is that, is that I'm the, thinking the thing here? I'm going to have to get over to New York pretty quick, sharpish, just in order just to turn up with the lad, just set up a christening and hope for the best, and Baron Corbin will turn up. But I was I was really made up for him. And, it, it, like, again, obviously, congratulations to, to mm. Matty and Steph. And, like, absolutely made up. And it, it sounds like an amazing day and an amazing so, feed yeah. as well, judging by the photos. Oh, no, those meatballs would just look out, out fucking rageously. He left food on the table, which I suspect Matty wouldn't be doing. Like, no. that doesn't happen too often, even on principle. And I admire that, to be honest. But yeah, Corbin doing weddings. I, I mean, I don't think it's a bad gimmick. Baron Corbin <laughs> wedding crasher. Like, it's been suggested in the chat. So, like, I'm... oh, it's kid. He's like a, a kid in the candy shop. Is, uh, is Matty at the minute in New York, just walking around, seeing all, seeing all the sites. He went to the uh, the Ghostbusters building, did the, did Central Park, Times Square, all the, all the obviously walked the Brooklyn Bridge, all of that. And then, uh, yeah, it sounds like he had the perfect, perfect day for his wedding. And I know he's, uh, he's made up with all the uh, congratulations people have been sending him. So, yeah, yeah. really happy the other, the other great day. You know, it sounds like Steph did as well. Even if she was maybe third wheel with her, with Matty and Baron there, but uh, <laughs> no, I think she took it in stride. She's uh, she's lovely, Steph. Like so, I don't think yeah, she's think got she much choice, Steph. No. Really, at this <laughs> no, point, she knows this... that she married. No. If she didn't know at this point, like I was just saying, he's kept it very well hidden. If that's the case. Oh, when we get him back, we're gonna get all the stories. I can't wait to hear to oh, everything about his uh, about his trip profile on and off air. But we should get into JP the uh, the headlines yes. of the uh, of the weekend, mate. And good lord, <laughs> and so, oh. I, it was one of those Thursdays yesterday where I was glad I left the daily da- left the daily update uh, a little bit late. Yeah. But got, patrons might have got some of my uh, initial thoughts uh, yesterday on it, but there's. There's so much to say on this. There's nowhere else to start on the actual wrestling stuff. On a day where Dynamite had a great rating as well, but we'll get to the quarter hours. Got to start with CM Punk, mate. CM Punk. Um, <laughs> as the post headline says there, claims John Moxley uh, said he wouldn't lose to him, called Chris Jericho a liar and a stooge. I mean, that's part of the headline, but fuck me, was that a story last night? Um, it was one of those all, another one of those great nights on Twitter where it was like, the way the night went, it was like, oh, wow, the Dynamite rating's actually really good. Oh, wow, the people who didn't know Vikingo was are in the mud. And then 20 minutes later, we'd all forgotten about that because Dave Meltzer had obviously posted on the uh, on the Wrestling Observer uh, message board a... Uh, mm. You know, as Dave will sometimes not break news on his uh, on his message boards, but he will uh, he will often say things on there that uh, he might you might not uh, get him saying on a on an actual yeah. uh, radio show or in a newsletter. You do sometimes get a uh, get some prime Dave over on there on that on that uh, message board. And yeah, this weekend um, wasn't a, wasn't an exception um, as yet. We did get um, on the uh, on the Observer message board. Uh, I don't know. Incinerary post from uh, from Big Dave um, replying to somebody saying, "Do you know why they didn't advertise Punk versus Moxley longer, and why it had a short build? Because Punk agreed to it. Then AW got a legal letter saying he wasn't down with doing it, and they didn't know if he'd come until Tony put his foot down. 
Dave went on to say there's lots of nice things you can say about him, but you can absolutely argue his position on Moxley was correct, which I will make that argument, but you can't argue we willingly did what he, what he was asked in that scenario. So that was controversy one, JP. That was enough. Like, mm. I even... I say I'll defend CM Punk in a minute. I was like, fucking hell, Punk didn't want to lose to Moxley, so he got the lawyers involved. Like, how my hero has fallen. He is like that. I, like, I believe that. He loves, he just literally, since the Cabana thing, anything goes wrong in his life, he's like, he's got the he's got the lawyer on speed dial, hasn't he? And I was like, oh, if I was Tony Khan, I'm not sure I'd, uh, I'd necessarily want to deal with this man going forward. And just when you thought that was bad enough, and I didn't believe this at first, JP, but, uh, an Instagram story was posted by CM Punk that I'm sure everybody in the chat and uh, watching this later as a, a scene by now where Punk replied. I said on the Daily Update, JP, I didn't believe this was real when I first saw it because I I am a, I am a loser who has uh, notifications on, on, on CM Punk stories on Instagram and posts because you never know what he's going to come up with, case in point. But he posted it and deleted it so quick that I didn't even get a notification for it, so I missed it. Um, but it did turn out to be to be, uh, to be be real, even if he, uh, he very quickly deleted it. And yeah, as he's uh, said there, with a, with a capital letters sigh, he wasn't cleared to come back to wrestle yet. Then the plan was to wrestle at the pay-per-view. I sat and listened to Moxley's Rocky Three idea and I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie. We'll get to that. I thought <laughs> the idea sucked, but if the boss wanted to do it, whatever. He said he wouldn't lose to me. I've never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. Uh, I don't know. Loki might disagree, but we'll see. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this was what he wanted. Uh, he said, yes, he's the boss. So I said, okay, but I'd need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could just be a squash. So I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that, says CM Punk. My health is more important. And the best bit, JP, Dave Meltzer is a liar. Jericho is a liar. And a stooge. There are plans, but plans always change. But I'll never put a company <laughs> above my health again. Called it the Insta Bomb of the Daily Update last night, JP. But <laughs> did you see this today, or did you see it last night as this was all uh, as this was all breaking? We are tucked up in bed because I was tucked up in bed, being made to watch episode series fifteen of Cri- Criminal Minds going on over mm. here. Season fifteen, mm. it's one hundred sixty hours of that fucking show. So I saw this stuff this morning, basically. And I mean, for this, I think it was uh, one of the one of our patrons, Shaz, uh, in the replies mm. to this is really the best description. One of the he's a me- Hi, Shaz. It, 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 he's <laughs> he's a messy bitch. Mm. Yeah, there's any other way to describe him. He's a messy bitch. That is bomb. love it, love him or hate him about it. Mm. However, like there are things when he explains, it's, it's the way he deals with issues is tends to be wrong. <laughs> His fundamental points at times are actually quite right. And the idea, I think, was, I don't, was it, there's been some pushback on this and Moxley, you know, Moxley was willing to lose at the paper. That wasn't the issue. It's just that he kind of wanted to win this one in Clubber Lang fashion, basically. Mm. Like, knock him out for for the Rocky Three stuff, which you think, he's, he goes on about fucking Slapshot and the rest of it. I mean, surely at some stage, like mm. he might have attempted to watch. He didn't do anything for the guts of seven years. Not at one point in time he thought, oh, this f- all right, I'll watch Rocky just to get it out of the way. <laughs> no? He's consistent though. He's tweeted a lot of times about how he hasn't seen the Rocky movies. You yes, know? he is. We've all got our gaps, JP. There's always yeah, like, we the, do. You know, Blue Velvet for me, for example. You know, there's always <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing of equating it with Rocky, but you know, oh. uh, understandable. It's 
but in terms of the overall issue, I mean, it's really it, it's kind of funny because the more I see of this, the more I think he's coming back. Like he is really. Coming back. Oh, that's this interesting. Is, and and that he is like I I I just think there is an element of the kind of push comes to shove, and we'll talk about we talk about dynamite as well because there was a thing that they did that everyone talks about the truck and, and mm. everything else, and I was like, you didn't need to film there. You're doing that for like a specific reason. It feels like you're doing this. But you're protesting too much. Oh, we've got to block him out. It's like, no, just move the camera like 45 degrees the other way and film mm-hmm. from that angle where you haven't got a big Maybe. picture of CM Punk on there. So I'm I'm kind of thinking he, he would um that he is gonna come back on it. In terms of Jericho being a stooge, yeah. He's not fucking wrong about that, is he? He's completely spot on. I was half expecting when reading the observer today to read, um, I am not a liar, and Chris Jericho is loved, if not beloved within the <laughs> AW locker room um, in exchange. P.S. Listen to Judas, Sound of the Summer. Um, it is. Yeah. Revolutionized the wrestling business. Instead, Dave just didn't, literally didn't, like, barely acknowledge it at the Observer today. Like, I was so disappointed. I was expecting, you know, we're, we're expecting a Fightful update on Punk tonight, so chat, do your business, let us know if, yeah. uh, if that comes through at, uh, at any point while we're recording. Yeah, maybe we'll end up having to tag it on at the end if there's anything, anything major. But, it, I mean... I want to believe what you're selling, JP. I, I I take it the opposite way that he's never fucking coming back now. And this comes 24 hours after. If you'd have asked me, I would have been in your camp because the weird little murmurings coming out that you know from Dax Harwood and you know Punk's camp, quote unquote, that he that he does want to come back and he probably does. But that goes to your earlier point. He just can't help but be CM Punk. He learns no lessons. You know, there's always there's always a gripe and there's always like an explosion. And it's like. You know, even down to the, the detail of, we all know Jericho was a Meltzer stooge. We all know he feeds stories. You know, remember the MVP fight story? Like, and it was like, you know, needless to say, I had the last laugh. It was so obvious <laughs> yes. that Big Dave, we gotten that report from, from Jericho's side. Like, yes, but is this not like the Hangman and Cole Cabana thing or the Books and Cole Cabana thing where Punk just decided they were the ones, you know, spreading that story when, you know, a lot of people have kind of worked out that, yeah, Kukabana's disappeared when Punk came back. Don't think he necessarily needed Hangman in the books. He talks first. He asks questions later. Like, that's yeah. what Punk does. And he just... I think the biggest story here, JP, honestly, like, is that, like, I think for Punk, he's really just... I don't think he's realised how much of, like, a, a an issue he's causing here because he is accusing AEW of not of but of mm. forcing him to go to the ring or wanting him to go to the ring I should say when he's injured that's the headline here for me like mm. he's a legend that no no it wasn't that I didn't want to lose to Moxley which uh, we'll see or I didn't want to lose to Moxley even though you know he makes sure to get in there he thinks the idea was fucking stupid which by the way it was and it was proven at the time because it did not help pay-per-view buyers one bit it didn't help interest in the show one bit it was fucking stupid and it didn't even bleed into the match because they then just went out there and had a normal match there wasn't even yeah. like oh you know I was punk gonna, gonna last you know a full match with, with Moxley they just went out there and worked a fucking match it was it was a terrible idea, but <laughs> despite the fact that he's right there, like the injury stuff is 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 the interesting bit here because he's yeah. you know he's saying here that you know oh you know they were trying to they were trying to have me go in there wrestle injured and I'm never doing that again. Like you could easily get the lawyers involved here. Like that that, that mm. does explain why lawyers might have got involved. That's a major allegation. Really, that doesn't make Moxley look good. And I'm sure Moxley's got his own side of the story, which is probably, probably after in the face of all the hangman stuff, he was trying to 
knock Punk down a peg, and he was probably like, "Well, I'll lose to you if you lose to me, kid." Type of thing. Like that—that's the way I read between the lines here. But he's throwing yeah. Moxley under the bus. He's throwing Tony Khan under the bus, and he's throwing AEW under the bus. So, if he wants to come back, as much as I want to see it, especially with him being such a, say, he is such a messy bitch, and I love him for being such a messy bitch, and I'd kill for him to come back. But I go the opposite way, JP. I think this makes it makes it even makes it a bit more, more difficult. Mm. If if only it wasn't wrestling, um, in which case the, the, I, I'd still have that belief and I always have done like in the back of all of this of just thinking they're leaving a lot on the table here for this. And it was them. interesting and it was interesting listening to Dave Meltzer talk about this today actually when he was saying about do you bring him back and he was obviously being quite circumspect given the stuff that Punk had said about him. But it was mm. it, it was a case of him saying, you know, do you, you bring him back if you're like in desperate straits? You know, rather than bringing him back, you know, like when you're as a company, you're kind of relatively stable. In terms of the injury thing, mm. it would be interesting to see. Like, I mean, why would he even be kind of? I mean, he could have them over a barrel if they made him to work, made him work. And as we know, he will go to court over this stuff. Like, yeah. you know, he has previous. On a moment's this. notice these days. So I'm surprised that wasn't necessarily the case. Like he, he could have not wrestled. Mm. Like that, that would have been something that would have been possible. And like I said, it was a daft fucking idea at the time. It's like, what? Giving it away mm. on free TV. And, you know, and the, the idea of that's the reason why it was a squash match effectively yeah. is, is because of his injury. And I, it I was, remember us suggesting that at the time we did kind of wonder if that was the case. Hmm. That, yeah, mm. that, that, that this would be, and and then like you say, he goes out, works a normal match, and then before you know, it, he's out. You know, then then we have brawl out, and then he's injured. Like it's it's a hell of a like, uh, you know, you you just can't guess the direction of what this guy is going to go in. It's the mm. fact he keeps on commenting about this stuff and about wrestling, and he's keeping himself very much out there as well. Do I think you need him? I think there's that part of me thinks. He's box office. He is the... I often thought this with MJF. MJF does not add the edge to AEW. CM Punk mm. does. That's mm. genuine unpredictability. When he's got a mic mm. in the hand, even when he's in the ring now. And I don't think... It, that's kind of an intangible in wrestling TV terms. Mm. So that's why I always think that there's the dollar and cents argument of he can see the potential of the stuff that you could do with him. But unless... CM Punk sees that potential as well. It's kind of like a golden goose, isn't it? You're better off just having him mm. come in a couple of times a year, wrestle a match, be really specific in the angle, and just go, right, fuck off, Phil. Don't stay around backstage. Because yeah. um, he is <laughs> well, who he my, is. That was my reaction like when we didn't have this side of the story, which, you know, does, you know, I'd, Again, the question is going to be whether the the health issue thing is true or not, <laughs> like, or whether, you know, I, I've seen it said, I think Punk believes it's true so you know i suppose that's the same thing to cm punk but you know there is there is that that kind of element of it it all it depends on that but when that first post from melter came out that was enough for me if i was if i was tony khan and like i'm trying to book a finish to a match and cm punk is getting the lawyers involved i'd just be like you know what i'm done and i love cm punk and i as a fan don't want that to happen but if i'm a boss of course, you're just like, yeah. why would you continue to indulge this, this crazy man? I'm, I'm, I'm worse than that, JP. Put your whale title on him a few weeks later. Yeah. Like, there's some red flags here. Well, you can't there? do that anymore. I don't yeah. think you can do that at all. I think the only way 
he works mm. really when he come if he came back. The only way mm. I think you could kind of get away with it is if with him as a pure special attraction that comes in and has that big match midway through a pay per view, basically. And that is the kind of thing that it is. And it's very specific angles and whatnot. But you are at a point where you're thinking, who's going to want to work with him? However, mm. like, is it money? Is that the thing that, they, like, it does come Ownership. down to the idea J-Pop of... mentions it in the chat, JP, and something I've wondered and heard. You know, when he talks about, you know, trying to run a company here, all of that stuff, does Punk have a percentage in the company? Is there more financial... Secret EVP. Know? Could be. Jericho basically is, isn't he? He's an EVP and everything but title. Could you um, imagine that? CM Punk coming back as an authority figure in wrestling? Like mm. you just think like part part <laughs> of him has died, really, in the process of that, isn't it? He just like ah. he could have but he makes a living over there, over 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 doing things he you know, becoming the he becomes yeah. the villain he, he described, you know, other people as in the past. He's that guy, isn't he? When he's he you know, when he's fighting against the system and then he becomes the system. It's that age old story, isn't it? Oh, you know, rock's a part timer. Oh, wait, being a part timer is actually not that bad. You know, he's he's that guy, and he like that's what he is. He's a hypocrite, he's always been that way. But he believes what he <laughs> says. That's why we love him. Like 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 uh, James he's been saying on the um on on Twitter, like he is just you know, this is why we love CM Punk. I almost want wrestling to be more full of more people like CM Punk who, you know, kick off about the fact that he's losing a match or losing a match in a, in a fashion he thinks stupid well, or, you know, fights his own battles and fights his own corner. I almost think wrestling overall would be better for it. I just, if I'm just being a grown up, would AEW be better if I'm in Tony Khan's position? You know, they've got a, got a nice locker room there that uh, felt like it got upset when, uh, when Punk came through and, He's left again, and it seems like a, another a calm down, nice locker room again, or at least that's the stories. You know, C. Irvine slash uh, Chris I is uh, is put yeah. in the observer. You, that's that's kind of where Dave was coming from in the arguments on on his message board. That is it. Where well, uh, you upset to bring him back is is the question. If you're Tony Khan, I mean, according to Sean Rossap, because he has updated it on Fivefold Select. Like, um, okay. He's Any new details? A while on here. I don't think there's anything in terms of new details other than stating the obvious of Moxley and Punk of Heat. And I think that's a much more difficult sale because you can, it's very easy to frame the Bucks and Kenny as being not being, not kind of getting it at times. Mm. I don't think you can really say that about Moxley. Yeah. And this is the guy who kind of lives and breathes it. And yeah. even though he is coming, after CM Punk, it's not that far after. I mean, he came after it like in a kind of much more like kind of a weaker indie scene, if anything else. And it's kind mm. of like worked himself to those heights. It just says on here, what was it? Um, they have had some contact. That's AW and CM Punk. Um, yeah, it's okay. The, some close to Punk claim that he and Tony Khan have spoken at a couple of meetings. There was a planned meeting for mid-February and that got delayed because of Jerry Jarrett's funeral. I don't know why that would interrupt it for an entire month, mm. but there we go. Um, he said uh, that Punk was originally considering the potential legal action. Uh, legal action there um, does remain under contract, but it's. It says several people said that Punk has expressed some form of regret for aspect of that night in general. Um, okay. In there as well. At one point, those. Close to Punk believed he wanted out of his contract without a no compete attached. However, they believed that Punk was open to returning to AEW and even wanted to, um, mm. and that he was willing to apologise for the scrum portion of the all-out evening. That's what he's willing to apologise for. 
not the punch. Okay. That that's oh. that's not so much there. Injury wise, he's been filming heels season two. So like I think he's he's all right on that. In terms of hangman, um yeah, that there's like what is it? The page makes an effort to remove himself from this situation and has tried to move past it. And I oh, was it the true accounts of brawl out will never quite be there. Uh, he, uh, those in New Japan weren't aware that he was going to turn up at Battle in the Valley on there as well. Um, he's always in the stands, yeah. But he went there with like Lars Fredrickson and Lou D'Angeli, sign guy Dudley, appears to be a fucking proper mover and shaker within the wrestling business. But there we go. Um, in there as well, but this isn't CM Punk apparently saying it because they did reach out to him, they haven't heard anything necessarily back, so that's the kind of latest on that one. Interesting, it does. I mean, the Moxley stuff doesn't shock me, like, I mean, you could tell during you know, before Brawl out at the presser, like, mm. Punk was kind of half complimentary of Moxley, but in like a in like a you know, we pulled his punches kind of way, like, he didn't, you could tell something wasn't right there, and you can tell with, I mean, Moxley, you know, there's his heart asleep, doesn't he? Like, I think it's uh, you know, it's come out before that, um, he's not necessarily the biggest fan of uh, Punk, so it doesn't surprise me there's a bust up there, like I say, I that's how I read the Moxley angle of this that Moxley was you know fucking with Punk because Punk had fucked with Hangman and said the things he'd said about never losing never losing to Hangman um but yeah I mean that's I suppose that's encouraging to, to you know to to kind of your take on this that maybe it's feeling more likely he's gonna come back if they've had contact that's big news and um, mm. if Punk is even because that's the thing I, I being a long-term CM Punk fan I'll believe an apology when I see it because it's CM Punk. I don't think that man's ever believed he was wrong in his life. This is a man who doesn't speak to his brother, you know, 30 years later, because yeah. what, he fucking, you know, shorted them on some money for some fucking backyard wrestling shows. Yeah. <laughs> That's CM Punk. Cole Cabana, yeah. you know, there's, you know, we know what CM Punk is like, and when he's like with grudges. Unless you're young. The fact that he's willing to even climb down a little bit tells you he must be serious about wanting to come back. The fact that he deleted that Instagram post, I suppose, tells mm. you he must be serious about wanting to come back. But yeah, do you, do you take much from that? I suppose it's just it's it's more like round the sides details. Um, Fightful have got there. It is. It's much more round the sides details in terms of the big stuff. There's going to be a fair few meetings and the rest of it. They've got to see how it goes with the rest of the locker room and and mm. everything else. It's just that. I think sometimes the issue is, and this is always historically in wrestling, there has always been needle partly Mm. because where you were positioned in the card really determined how much you were being paid. So therefore Mm. like moving up the ladder was very much like part of what you did. You were in it for yourself, like a proper independent contractor. When you're within, when you're being salaried and you're within a system, you kind of, you get the idea that it's a lot more harmonious. Like, Mm. Yeah, there's much more bonuses than the rest if you are pushed. But at the same time, you're going to be earning guaranteed like money. <laughs> but <That's> the <laughs> what he adds is a genuine sense of needle. That's what mm-hmm. he adds. Because I won't lie, what's my thought coming out of this? I kind of want to see Punk versus Moxley again. Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know, we saw it twice in succession, as we, we've mentioned earlier on. But I didn't think that would be... I'm like, okay, you get around a Punk and Hangman and the rest of it. It's convincing them. It's going... You know, it's the Jerry Jerry Jarrett is mentioned there. Famously, yeah. he had like a sign on there. Was it personal issues draw money? That's mm. what he. That was the fundamental part of his belief. It, in twenty twenty three, that is an incredibly difficult thing to pull off. Seventy eight, yeah. eighty, fine. Let the fuckers fight, and then 
they get their payoff regardless. A lot more difficult in 2023. But mm. I thought when they had the moment on Dynamite and the rest of it with the um, with the, like blurring out of the punk on the bus, I just thought that isn't an accent. You don't need that shot. You don't need to tempt fate. I think that I, I would lead. You know, I mean, I'd take less from that just because I haven't been at the shows. I've seen that, like the state of the, some of these trucks. They just, they just don't update them, and they're not that fucking organized. I think it's probably just oh fuck, there's a truck there. Shall we? I think if he was coming back, I would have not blocked it out. Like that would have been the mm. the, the, the take. <laughs> big fucking CM Punk face on a uh, on TV. But I don't know. Maybe they're paying three D chess, JP. Maybe there's a uh, maybe I there's think. something to that, but. Overall, I just fucking love it. He's like we said, oh, yeah. saying punk is punk. It makes life a lot more interesting when he's around and he's oh. and he's having these moments. He did calm down by the end of the night. He did um, post that he's uh, too old for this uh, shit uh, with a Murtaugh um, meme from uh, a lethal weapon. Um, yeah, allegedly. Jericho rose above it allegedly um, with his uh, delete uh, meme that he that he posted. Tony Khan's avoided posting anything. Um, this is going to be massive for Tony Khan. Wh- which way he goes, whether you know the allegation of Punk of you know them uh, they're trying to get him to wrestle while he was injured, you know, c- comes to anything. Whether there's any mudslinging from the other sides, I don't know. Um, I think that that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact there's been meetings so far. I'm encouraged mm. by, you know, that side of things. But where PM, PM Punk goes, this drama's going to follow. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't um, even care if it draws money. It's good for me. And then it's yeah, for me. It's good podcast content. Maybe we'll have more of this. Uh, right. It's I'm fucking sure content. I don't have an issue <laughs> with it. Go on. Yeah. I, we've got to say on the Rocky pub, by the way, as Chris Elliott says there, yeah, somehow managed to not see Rocky his entire life. Uh, what? He said then. It's just there. Uh, I can kind yeah, of get seen the Creed films. Maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's enough. He's around my age, is mm. Phil. And the idea of him watching Lethal Weapon would be yeah. But mm. then my old fella major, I watched Rocky and Rocky too. Like <laughs> very, very quickly. I just remember seeing those films on that because it was just a it was an easy pleaser on that. So I find that he given the amount of stuff that he watches, like it, it feels like this is again a kind of hill he's willing to die on. No, fuck you, I'm not watching Rocky. He's a contrarian, eh? Yeah, why would he? That's what he does. Well, that's what we know so far mm. on Punk. If more breaks uh, as we go, <laughs> we'll talk it more. But yeah, hook it to my veins, JP. But I suppose on top of that, we should... Uh, what was supposed to be the big headline on Thursday night, JP? We mm. should... Uh, should probably um, talk a little bit of, uh, of that as yeah. well uh, on, the, uh, on the AW front, mate. Well, it did. It hit, um, and so you mentioned in terms of the ratings on here. Um, mm. average 954,000 uh dynamite this week. It was fourth among cable originals. I think it was slightly weaker competition this mm. week. Um, Still a couple of games had to have yes, two NBA, two NBA games on there. And I think they're up against the LA Lakers on the West Coast in prime time, which is like that's that's tough competition. And something called Vanderpump Rules, which is seen being mentioned mm. on there. I'm assuming it's not very good. It's on Bravo, which I don't think is like the Bravo that we all remember. ECW was on and laid bare um, on there as well. Yeah, but that yeah. Bravo is different than our Bravo. I think I learned oh, yeah. that one year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't get boozed up Brits abroad on their Bravo, mate, unfortunately. Oh, it's yeah. a shame. No, it always is a shame on that. Um, uh, 0.33 in the old. So, yeah, overall happy on that. In terms of the curve, it went against mm. all like kind of um, expectations in, in terms of the way that it worked out because the lowest quarter was the second quarter. 
So it started yeah. off with a generally decent lead in about a million. But if this had followed the pattern of previous weeks, it would have been a slow sliding line. And maybe the first hour would have held up kind of what it did. It was it was strange. It was like, you know, you had the the opening match, then down to 894,000. Real story was in the 1849, yeah. the main event, which yeah. that hasn't happened. I think it was at three times. That happened. Mm. That was the peak of the 18 to 49, 969,000. We mm. saw it, what was it, 794,000, I want to say, last week. But, yeah, yeah. It's been close to 600 at the point. Like you can, you know, we've got yeah. it on for video listeners. We've got it on screen, you know, uh, credit to, to Brandon Thurston, as people might have just seen mm. me going to the, uh, the WrestleNomics Patreon to, uh, to retrieve this document. Um, on the WrestleNomics, you know, Patreon, Brandon, Brandon mm. you know, has been, been going through this. And the blue dotted line is the norm, is the normal trend over the last four weeks. So this is a win for me and you, JP. I think Gareth is right overall. These quarter hours usually largely mean nothing. But this is a week where you can point to them and go, whatever you think about, you know, the moment we a million or the, or the competition on the night or, you know, whether that's good year on year, which is a bigger yeah. conversation we should always be having. On this night, for the first time in as long as I can remember me and you looking at, the, looking at these quarter hours, those last two quarters grew to a point that, that are essentially equivalent with that third quarter, which was technically the second highest, but the you know the within a statistical margin of error of that, and the close enough to the to the opening quarter as well. There was a yeah. the overall number is a clear rise in a final two quarters that usually die. And I was literally ready. I said it on the daily update, JP. I was ready for this conversation today to be about. And we've got to get into it, the Viking Kenny Omega match. And the mm-hmm. last, you know, they put them in the main event, which wasn't something I expected them to do. I actually thought it'd be somewhere in the middle of the card. Once I knew it was the main event, I was like, well, you know, the conversation we're going to be having on the weekend show. It did 700 something thousands overall. You know, the, the people are going to take that however they want. And there's going to be the bad faith people out there going, see, dream matches don't draw. I'm pointing at that. And even me as a dream match defender, as somebody who thought the match should take place and thought, you know, it was a great idea, you know, to save your hardcore base. Even I didn't expect for it to turn out to be an actual ratings draw. And there's no other way to cut it. That match was a ratings draw for all of the shit people talked, for all of the, you know, they should have done more video packages, which they did through the night, which I thought was mm-hmm. good. I was against the video packages because I thought it's good to just surprise people with what Vikingo does, but they showed enough to make you interested without giving away the big spots. And it all worked, whether it was the conversation over the week that worked, you can get into Dynamite a little bit. Maybe it was the show-long story that really worked here I, as well yeah. that maybe added to it too. But overwhelmingly, that main event carried those two final quarters and carried them into heights that they don't usually see. It's a, it's a win for for the dream match booking. Tony Carton, Booker of the Year. What say you, JP? Um, I, you know, I, what, I, a lot of people in the muds with that one. You know, even some of the people who yeah. were uh, overall right. I think so. I think the idea of the the kind of the i the way some people were saying that you needed to have weeks upon weeks upon weeks of kind of build up and the character and stuff like that. I think it's a combination of the dream match factor. Plus, mixed in with the, um, and I think it's the nature of how the match started because it started off fucking hot, which meant. But also a, a Kenny, main, a, sorry, a Kenny, a singles Kenny, match. Kenny singles match. I've had one in on, like two years. Yeah. <laughs> like, on in terms of a storyline that was yeah. very, very attitude era raw, it was very much like, you know, in terms of an ambulance kind of taking people away for an ambulance to turn up at the end of the show. But they had things like that. And they kept mm. on mentioning it. 
And this is mm. something that we've said that part of the problem is of it as a show, Dynamite Times, is you structure it to the Mookie ball. You're looking at quarter hours. It's like you can't see the forest for the trees. So yeah. what you forget is actually you need an arc for someone to watch this for two hours to hit mm. some kind of narrative conclusion. And you mm. had that this week because you had the yeah. dream match. Plus then you had the stuff going on afterwards and you had the elite melodrama and the rest of it. But as a show long angle, it felt hot. And mm. like, and like you say, I mean, I think you put on a match like that, you, you put on Vikingo. I mean, we're going to probably mention it as well. The fact that Vikingo and Commander has now been added to the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Uh, pay That's canny mm. business because I think in all of this, think of how much Vikingo is being paid. This is mm. not bringing in Mercedes money. This guy will work relatively cheap. It's what mm. deal you can get with AAA. And Kenny will, he'll get his win over Kenny at, at Triple Mania. I think that's abs- that's kind of, you know, cast on guaranteed. If you have mm. something like this, which was quite scary, but simultaneously unlike anything you're seeing on main, you're not seeing that on WWE anywhere, mm. anywhere even fucking close to it. And it was genuinely special. Um, for it, I mean, I would probably not as I can't go five stars on it because there are things necessary that that aren't, I would say, perfect. But fuck me, for TV wrestling, they got it right. Mm. I think for the most part, apart from QTV, which I'm really hoping that this is the end. Well, with the you know spotlight next week's going to be pretty much taken up by you know the uh, the weekend yeah. preview, so we've got a bit more time to you know to talk um, about. Mm. Um, dynamite this week, and that is your obvious starting point. Um, as far as um, as far as like things on the show, that match. I was going to ask you what you thought of it, but I mean, I know Big Day went five on it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm uh, I'm going five. Um, I saw jo- John Pollock was raving about yeah. it. You know, it was like one of the the greatest TV matches you know he's ever seen. I was a bit like you. I was watching it with like those butterflies in my stomach. We're like, oh, I've talked this up now. They go out there and they shit the bed. Like I'm almost nervous for the wrestlers for it to be good when Vikingo does some of those spots because everything he does, he can't do something with difficulty level easy, can he? Everything has to be hard. He has to make everything just slightly harder on himself. And you do have like that's part of the attraction, isn't it? You're watching him thinking, "Fuck, is he going to pull this off?" And he's doing spots. You know, me and you might have seen seen when we've snuck into like the odd uh, odd Triple A show uh, when we've been uh, reviewing on Spotlight or spots most people have probably seen through gifts um, on Twitter. It's another thing to, you know, obviously he's worked big arenas and he's worked live shows, but to do it live on a Wednesday night on, you know, on TBS in front of in front of a million and a big, big match for him, you know, not that the you know the big numbers are uh, are things that he's a stranger to, but the pressure was on. I did have the heart of a mouth of points in this match, and it was as good an example of a dream match as I think you could deliver because not only did he nail the spots he did, yeah, not only was like you know. It mind blow, you know. I can't imagine seeing that, you know, that springboard six thirty he did through the table for the very was, first time. Never seen him do a springboard six thirty. I was terrified he's going to bang the back of his head. On oh, the, he was on close. He was close in fairness. The the poison yeah. rana, you know, the the way he got to that, you know, again adds a level of difficulty by you know going to the top rope first and hitting that. All of those amazing amazing spots are absolutely going to be the headline, and they should be. But Kenny Omega was as good as I've seen Kenny Omega, I suppose, since January the 4th. But, like, 
he was incredible. As far as being a base, as far as being somebody who was in the right spot, as far as someone to help lay out the match and just being, like I say, be in the right place and structure things around the big Vikingo spots. Like the, the sleight of hand of Kenny in this match was unbelievable. Like I wouldn't, I don't think anybody, there's a, a very small number of wrestlers who could have given you the performance Kenny Omega gave in this match. Yeah. This is why he's so valuable. This is why it's so good. This is why we want to see some, we want to see more of it, you know, in, 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 in AW. And it looks like hopefully based on the, the show long story, we, we may well be at least for the time being. Yeah. Kenny was, Maybe the match wasn't five stars for me. I'd probably go four and a half on it, which is yeah. no slight. Absolutely loved it. That's that. That's probably the height of what a TV match can can realistically do for me. Um, it was absolutely that good. As far as performances go in the match, I think Kenny himself was a five. He was just mm. well class. Gets thrown around, but he was well class in this match. He, he had a really difficult job because he's kind of the base for so mm. much of this yeah. stuff, but he has to be athletic and acrobatic enough to take some nutso bumps and particularly the couple of the ranas which right on the head like really didn't you like jesus christ but mm. i thought of and suit williams mentioned this on twitter which did make me laugh in terms of don Callis's um sort of the in the middle of the show is like at the hour mark i want to say that he does the backstage thing where he's he's talking about look you know you you can go out there and you can you do it singles you know the, mm. the bucks are nice kids and all the rest of it, but like this that. is where it is. And you and I'm there going, yeah, he's not fucking wrong, is he? Like he really yeah. isn't wrong. If you put Kenny into these positions, and it was a kind of it was serious, Kenny, really mm. for this as well. And yeah, yeah like the they, fucking goofs were left backstage, weren't they? Yeah, were they? You know, they weren't. It. They weren't there, were they? Nobody were. I just didn't notice. I was so into the match. I don't think they were there. <laughs> no. But don't, mm. I mean, and it meant as a result, because the match had given plenty of time and plenty mm. of time to breathe after the match, sometimes, mm. like, what they would have done wrong is they would have had all that shit show happen as soon as the match was over and you wouldn't have any time to breathe. But instead, they actually had that little bit of time, which I think that was what they did well in terms of then having the kind of drama with Hangman coming back in, driving mm. back in an ambulance and walking in with a lump of wood. Steph was describing that as like, you know, prime WCW for me. That was prime attitude era WWF. That was 1997, oh, yeah. wasn't it? It was, it was 97 like... shit. That was Austin. But I love that. I love that the, you know, I fucking love the match. But I, like I say, I love the aesthetic around it. I love that, you know, yes, the Don Carlos stuff was a bit daft afterwards. But doing that and doing a show long story, breaking your formula, like you say, breaking your monkey ball and opening, you know, cold, you know relatively cold after, after, the, uh, after the opening music. On you know something has happened. Let's all catch up with what it is, and then there's the show long story of you know, like you say, Kalistana getting Kenny's head, and then you've got your payoff after the match with Hangman, you know, looking like I'm sure Matty will love that prime Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, coming out uh, ready to uh, you know with an ambulance siren going, his mu his big music hitting and running off off the baddies, like that was amazing. And I get the criticism of the Don Callis stuff that, oh, can Kenny not just watch the show um, and realize yeah. that Don Callis wasn't really. But I will say, in defense of that, I watched that and kind of, I thought he just fucked up. I thought Don Callis just bumped the wrong way. He was supposed to get pulled the other way. And I was like, oh, no, they botched that until I realized, you know, the commentators laid it on thick and kind of realized a bit more what was going on. But I think, I, I you know, Don can be like, oh, you know, well, Kenny can be like, oh, you know, you didn't, you didn't hit you quite as hard as uh, maybe, maybe it looked. But 
you just felt, you know, he's he's a weakling manager and it was still bad what you did. I think you can paper over that crack. I think it's still, you know, Don can get in Kenny's head and make him believe that, you know, it was a it was a worse, you know, offense than it was. Um, I don't know how much I'm into that story going long term, as we talked about on Spotlight. The melodrama isn't always for us, is it? But in this moment, on this night, and as far as a vehicle to tie a show together, I thought it was done really well. Um, thought everyone played the role really well. Dom was really good, um, as the chat are saying here, and Stone Cold Adam Page came off well as well. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was good stuff. Yeah, it really was. And I think I was just grateful for a show-long angle. That was mm. the thing I wanted to see, is I wanted to see a show-long angle, and that's what we ended up seeing. And I think mm. for that, I was just grateful for the format to be slightly broken. And it, mm. it helped. It made it, it just gave it a narrative thread and made it that bit more interesting as a show. Yeah, definitely. Did you have any other big thoughts on the on the show as a whole? What else uh, stood out for you? They brought back QT Marshall, mate. I know you weren't, uh, you weren't happy about no, that. Shit. Um, <laughs> shit. I was glad I, that I'd missed it. <laughs> I was glad it was short. <laughs> yeah. It's shit. Mm. I, don't mm. get me wrong. The idea, the smark in me kind of like, the the wacky thing of of tying into their hacking Dave Meltzer's um, Twitter. That's a funny line. It's a funny line. It's Mm. when we say about how many good people they have on there. The fact Mm. they're spending any time on this is a problem. In this, Mm. and I understand that QT Marshall does a lot backstage. Can he just stay backstage? Do we need to get Mm. him on TV? It was a criticism, I think, of the show over like. It's things like they've got a lot of goofy managers at this point. Comedy undercard managers. Comedy One of which did really well on this show, but yeah. Yeah, and I will say that Stokely Hathaway, Christ, he took some bumps, didn't he? And mm. and, and the rest of it. Mm. I was I was kind of pleasantly surprised by that. That was brilliant. But I thought that would, that would have been stronger if they'd have maybe had a bit more heat on Stokely, I think, coming into this week, if we'd peaked that story, you know, not a month ago. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? I'd almost forgotten it was a feud by the time they, they did this match. That was only negative. Stokely was hilarious. Um, you know, I, you know, as much as I'll make fun of him appearing to like a, a certain niche on Twitter, I think most people would watch this and, and get a lot of enjoyment out of the, you know, the manager being bumped the way he was by uh, by Hook and, you know, producing his uh, his doctor's note on the uh, on the back of a, a wing stop receipt and throwing in the two back line and stuff like that. I I really maybe it's a guilty pleasure thing, but I really enjoyed that. Oh, I thought it was okay. Like I, oh, I didn't mind. Uh, I thought I thought he t- I almost thought he took too much. Like mm. when he's being like kind of suplexed onto it. And I thought like he did well and everything else. It's just like, well, well, what now? And it kind of mm. made me think, well, the firm kind of comedy, basically it feels like they were, they're like a comedy undercard stable now at this point, mm. which, they, which they are an undercard stable, but they just felt like it was much more on the kind of goofy side. It probably lent mm. itself much more towards that. At the end of it, what good will it have done for Hook? Don't think a hell of a lot necessarily. Um, but it was sure. Well, but what? Like, I can't see where, like, a feud with the firm and the various other people in that. I'm like, hmm. I would have thought this know. was, I know, I know the tease the Ethan Page match coming up, but hmm. yeah, I suppose that's a negative if you just get dragged into that mire. But maybe, yeah, maybe you should move on from it, is probably where, I, where, where I'd agree with you. But, you know, it, Temple, memorable kind of spot on on dynamite. I, I don't know if I'd, I'd agree as um, 
so much in negative, it's, but it was definitely the I, best thing. I wasn't losing my shit. I was, mm. I, I mean, like it kind of was over and I thought, okay, fine. I was just surprised at the amount of bumps that Stokely was taking. I was like, mm. Jesus Christ, putting through a pane of fucking glass next. <laughs> the former Chuck Taylor, um, look up that Chikara storyline if uh, it doesn't make um, sense. The, and, uh, the opening stuff, I, I have to mention Sting. He's, mm. oh. he's great fucking value. Love him. I'm at the point where I do want him to have that run of time and match soon. Mm. Not because I want him to go out in like a really great way, just because there's that childhood kind of remembrance with Sting in there. And the yeah. fact that this has been such a fun run, much more fun mm. as be expected. The incorporation of the Orange Cassidy spots and everything else mm. is fucking, it, it, it's great TV. And it felt great because, and he takes fucking beatdown segments. The one thing you yeah. cannot accuse him of is not working during mm-hmm. this. He has done, honestly, 10 times more here than what he did in the entirety of, of his run in TNA. Like, yeah. and it's it's felt mm-hmm. better, but I'm kind of at the point where it's like, okay, let's let's go for that match of like that that retirement match. That would be. Uh, I think kept it basic here, which I appreciate. There's definitely yeah. been matches he's had where you can tell Darby's just been too creative and Sting's not been able to keep up with the with the spot. You know, they kept it simple here, but yeah, I'm doing like the Orange Cassidy spots and stuff like that was brilliant, and it's just nice seeing Sting on telly, isn't it? It's, it's just, just cool. Um, I was don't want it to end, but I do get what you mean. I think the uh, the time is uh, the time. Kip Sabian's there be pinned as well. That's yeah, that's it. I don't want to ever see him on a dynamite again. No. But, you know, they, they filled their role on this one. The other, I suppose, the other big stuff on the show, JP. Any thoughts on it? Uh, are obviously the uh, the guns and FTR stuff um, leaning into uh, FTR. You know, and the rumors of them leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, they're putting their uh, AW careers on the line for a for a title shot. Do you, which way do you go on that? I, to me, I think that's just that tells me to stay in. Like, I actually that's, don't think. I think, it, I think it's a red herring. That's what I got. I, I very much got it was a red herring. As mm. soon as you start promoting it in that way, I think there's an element of like they are going to be staying. You're just upping the stakes and playing into the kind of real story. But it was rumored that they they'd hit kind of agreement, wasn't it? But then there's not mm. been anything else said about that necessarily. That's what I took from that. I mean, in terms of the match with Top Flight, I, you know, I lost the question that Todd Martin asked. Why did Top Flight get so many title matches, but they never beat anyone? And FCR like, are going to put the careers on the line to get one. Like, the career, yeah. <laughs> doesn't really add up to it. <laughs> I, I think they're winning. And then I think we we go towards, do you go towards them in the Bucks? Do you go towards them in the Acclaimed again with the Acclaimed chasing? Mm. You know, it does feel like they're kind of cooled off a bit since they've uh, they've lost those mm. tag belts as well. But, mm. I mean, it was the lowest, it was, this was the lowest quarter, wasn't it, for, for this one, for this particular match between the guns and top flight. I don't know why. Well, I don't know. That's well, the guns, in it? I mean, it's yeah, the guns, yeah. Good. I think it's probably the answer. But what do you think of the Adam Cole stuff? Um, obviously, I thought it was uh, good. Building to a match with Garth. I, I, I really liked it in the moment. Very much enjoyed the segment. And then afterwards was just feel with dread of, oh, no, this means Jericho Adam called to the pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> no. like, I was hoping Adam Cole would be feud with Swerve or someone like that. Um, Jericho, really. I mean, the segment was good. He came across like a megastar, as he keeps doing as a baby face. Maybe I should keep an open mind. Uh, I thought Garcia came across well. But, yeah, reality is, uh, is worrying me a bit with that one, JP. Yeah, it, it, we know where this is going, and it's going. Mm. It, in fairness, the idea, like you can tell by just the reactions that Adam Cole gets, that he's in the right role. 
as the kind of as as pure baby face as much yeah. as anything else. I mean, in an ideal world, you'd be building up to something like I don't know if you wanted to, if you if you're looking for him to do something in the meantime. As much the problem is when you get pulled into the Jericho verse, he can't just beat Jericho a double or nothing, mm-hmm. and then that's the end of it. There'll have to be another match and another match, mm-hmm. so it'll end up staying out as well. Whereas Kylo Riley would be a better match if they went to. But as soon as I saw this, I thought mm-hmm. Garcia was was being on the mic is never going to be his thing. At the same mm-hmm. time, I actually thought he did okay, and I liked the bit where he nearly said pro wrestler, sort of caught himself, and ended up saying sports entertainer as well. Like I think as a match I'm kind of looking at it and I think actually that's really quite nice like mm. uh, that's all right but like you say we're going to get Jericho as a result of it and Jericho exactly. Adam Cole if Adam Cole was put over really strong then it'd be mm. fine and Cole goes no I'm not hanging around here as in he mm. needs to beat him in order to get into that top five kind of scene which which would be the natural way of having the feud if you had Adam Cole just in inside the top ten, and he wants to beat Jericho's. I don't know five in the rankings. Do what UFC do and just say, look, this is what a- Adam Cole needs to be in order to get up these rankings and whatnot. But mm. I'll be. It's going to be interesting because it appears to be that Adam Cole's pretty much him and Britt Baker are the faces of this reality TV show in terms of a lot of the, yep. the backstage stuff. So I think we're going to be in for a big sustained Adam Cole push. As we should be, as we should be. I'm quite happy be. with that. It's the Jericho bit there that worries me. But yeah, outside of that from Dynamite, the only things I had strong thoughts on, I thought Moxley and Stu Grayson had literal negative chemistry. Um, didn't need that on me here, on me show. Long. And I thought the sky blew in there and Tony Storm stuff was just, that story continued to be in stasis. But um, one of the news stories we got in a minute might explain why uh, why that's the case. But yeah, I uh, didn't think much of that. Any thoughts on those or, uh, or anything else from Dynamite, JP, before we uh, we move on? I can't really think of, of anything else. And I thought overall in the moment, watching it as a show, I thought it was kind of fine because the stuff that I liked, I really liked. And then when you get a match like that at the end, it's hard to come away from a show thinking, well, that was kind of bad, like, or anything yeah. else. There's there's individual small bits of it where I'm not mm. sure, like Jade Cargill stuff as well, where I'm kind of not mad on the direction of it, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I... I, I Again, I've got the same kind of uh, thoughts I had last week. Where last week I, I really loved the show, and then on the night, and then a week went by, and I was like, oh, I can literally pick apart almost everything on the show, and it really didn't stand up to scrutiny. I think this week's show was an improvement from that point of view. There were definitely negatives as we've we've just talked about, but the overwhelming positive for me was the structure of the show, the show long story. You know landed um in a way i didn't expect it to and omega invite for king i would like to say a, a ratings win a creative win a hell of a match and uh you know a memorable moment that we'll we'll uh we'll all look back on and made up that uh they're going to be uh you know paying it off and let's just let the, the one that mob one caveat on that is you know i know the king goes doing uh doing the roh preview which we'll uh, obviously be talking about a lot more on the weekend preview next week but like can we just make sure he's on dynamite again, you know, sometime within the next six weeks? Um, because that would be very AW for him to do a disappearing act um uh, from the main show. If you're gonna be using him going forward, doesn't have to be on every week, should be a special attraction, maybe not even six weeks, eight weeks. But you know, I just don't want to see him come back and be in like a mid-card match randomly in like a title eliminator or a you know a tournament or a battle royal or something like that. Keep him special so he doesn't have to be on every week, but you know, keep him special too in that protect him um when he's on. But yeah, to move on from there, uh, our uh, our overall uh, dynamite thoughts. So we should get into some uh, some quick uh, news headlines. 
Another one. DJ Khaled. I like the wretchedest women. G6, let's get it. Coming down to the city. On God. Yo, God. Outside getting litty. Showing me the titties. Acting like a menace. Standing on the couch. Standing on business. Drinks in your mouth. Swallow, don't spit it. Party all the time. Feeling like Diddy. Shining a little wrist. Feeling like Billy. God did, God did. I'm a witness. I just sent 50 bottles to. Know the gang getting a bit by the penis.